episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterInTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. There hasn't been a live Glam Awards in recent memory that my next guest hasn't lit up the stage performing or accepting a little trophy. It's nightlife icon, Jace Vegas. Hello. Yeah, what's up? How you um, doing? I'm doing well. Um, I, I mean, this will be posted a little later down the road, so we'll just bring up the drum later, but Thoughtless came out today, didn't it? <gasps> mm. <laughs> I was going to pretend like I didn't see it, but since you want to talk about Listen, it. Listen, I will bitch to Jim about my placement later and his neglect for four months of my work in 2021, but it's okay. It's oh, fine. Damn, it, got, it's, it got cold in here. I know, oh, right? Wow. Now, Jim and I are, are friends. We're fine. But yeah, it happened. It's a thing. And I was like, how dare you do it the week of the Glam Awards, making everyone mad before, <laughs> before that one happens. Shout out to Jim. Always got the girls talking always shout out um, to also, the list because it made it to this interview okay it, it sure did <laughs> um listen uh, th- there have been jokes before that people are like you should do a, a podcast just breaking down the list and i was like <laughs> that would be more drama why would i put myself in the line <laughs> of fire so messy um but also let i, I got a question for you what mm-hmm. the hell does instagram have against you for the longest time i had no idea your account was <sighs> like i just couldn't find you so last year, they finally got me. Well, for the past couple of years, I've had people reporting my account, people reporting my pictures, my images. And like, sometimes it would be for like, you know, showing too much skin. But then I started getting posts like um, the, the warnings that like my account was being reported for other stuff. Like I was pretending to be someone else or something like crazy shit. And no matter how many times I would ask Instagram to check it or view it, they would still be like, okay, we checked it, but you still have a mark on you. You still have a mark on you. And it's like, okay. And then one time I opened up my Instagram and they were like, your account is gone. All 12,000 followers, all memories you had from the past seven years is gone. And I was, and now me and Instagram are just not talking. But we are yeah. kind of because I need it for my business. But I don't of know. Course. There's just a, um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I've, and it's not even like the Instagram gives us the followers a warning that it happens. You're like, where did that person go? Do they hate me now? And then you you, you search your follows and you're like, where they 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 unfollowed me? How dare you? And then you realize, oh wait, no, Instagram deleted them. That's exactly, and that's all I've been going through since last year. Like, everyone has been like, where have you been? Where's your social media? And then I had a whole like california thing so people think i like picked up left and then disappeared and i'm like no girl i'm actually in brooklyn now with the new instagram like (laughs) well i mean that that, like i've been as as jim wrote in his uh little blurb for me that i've had like a a medical situation this past year so i haven't physically been in venues but Mm -hmm. i still had a presence and i was like yeah i haven't been a hater and not showing up to your shows because i don't want to be there i physically can't walk I'm not at your shows because I can't be there. 
So I'm like, whatever. Now people are going to know the truth. Thanks, Jim Silvestri, for outing that one. (laughs) (laughs) But silliness. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. Are you ready to share all the details that make you you? Yes, let's go. All right. I like long walks on the beach. I love giraffes and have 26 tattoos, I think. Okay. Okay, (laughs) 26 tattoos. That's going to be the trivia question for the listeners um, when they have a test later on. But we always like to start from the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from Queensbridge, Queens, New York. From the hood. I'm from the projects of New York City. What was it like growing up in, in the city? Um, I will say it's, it's a different experience from anybody who's grown up outside of the city because we are such a cultural mix of things here. Like going to school, I had every type of person, ethnicity, and race in my class since kindergarten up until I graduated high school. And that is a huge thing compared to like outside of the school where everyone, I mean, outside of the city where, you know, there were just smaller communities with everyone who are the same. Right. Now, obviously you are a very artistic person. Um, art and culture influence you as an artist. Do you think living in the city being exposed to so much of some of the best art and nightlife and culture in the world made you the artist that you are? Absolutely. Oh my God, absolutely. I will say I don't see myself doing anything else no matter where I've come from. I feel like it's been so much embedded into like my soul and spirit that like, even if I was raised in like Arkansas or some shit like that, I would still be a performer because the people who inspire me like Madonna and like Nicki Minaj like those people who have that drive though that will still keep me going but being in New York City it from an early age I've I had my first job when I was 15 so like I've had I've always been working and like I've always been in, interested in investing into my artistry because I've seen how other people who I want to be like have done it um, and in the city it definitely has inspired me in ways to make me stronger, not only mentally, but like, you know, artistically. Um, because there's so many different things you can grab from out here. And there's so many, even from leaving the house to getting on the train to going to work, like so much can happen in between that time where like it is inspiring. Or like you realize that people come to New York to make their dreams come true. So you have to be like, it, um, sorry, I lost myself there. No, I, I hear it because you you really are living in New York and growing up in New York. You are exposed to things that people come to New York for. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think having access to it at a younger age really helped propel you to where you are now? Yeah, yes, I believe so. How would you describe Jace in three words? Um, persistent. <laughs> mm, confident. And self-aware. All right, I'm here for it. Yes. You mentioned Madonna, you mentioned Nikki. When it comes to music, who are some of your biggest musical inspirations? Madonna and Nicki Minaj. Fully, no one else? It's them? Well, so 
they kind of did the same thing that I'm doing. You know, they was they kind of hopped into the nightlife scene and then they took mm -hmm. their shit and then they kept it going. So like, those are really the things that I like started my blueprint with was like, right. okay, let's do the nightlife thing. And then maybe this could happen. And, you know, there's been a little bit of progress in the last couple of years and who knows what the next five years will be like. But when you look back and you think like, oh God, Nicki Minaj was playing these little bars. And now 10 years later, she's a multimillionaire. It's like, whoa, totally. like, that's the inspiration mogul. <laughs> now, obviously Nicki and Madonna, they are well known for a collaboration. Was that like one of the, your finest fa favorite moments in music history? It's definitely up there. Are you kidding <laughs> me? And then she brought her to the Super Bowl. I thought that was so mm -hmm. fire. I thought yeah. that was so cool. It's a good song too. They have two songs together. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's the, it's the one with uh, MIA as well. That is, mm. it's catchy. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. Now, obviously music plays a big part of your life. How did you find your voice? Um... When I was in the eighth grade, no, sorry. When I was eight years old, I was in the third grade. Um, I would sing with this other classmate in class and we would distract the class or whatever. So one day, I, we, me and this other person were pulled into another classroom and I thought I was in trouble. And another teacher walks in, she sits down. She's like, hey, can you sing something to me? And I sang. And then she was like, would you like to be in the school chorus? And that's what the whole thing was. Like our teacher recommended us to join the school chorus. And I was like, yeah, that's cool, I'll try it. And then I actually fell in love with it. And the teacher was so nice to me and like she supported me so much. Um, she passed away, RP Miss M. But like, that's when I found out that I liked to sing like fully. Music has always been something, my mom has said like, you know, I've always been the dancing per dancing baby and the singing along baby. I've always loved to listen to music and I'd rather listen to music than watch TV sometimes, especially right. when I was a kid. So I, I kind of always knew I, I liked the music field. And then when I started singing and performing at like eight, um, it all just made sense. I don't know, kind of clicked. That's that. That's cool. Now, were were you someone who had vocal training, or did you just allow your voice to um, grow as you grow older? That's that one. <laughs> yeah. I let. Yeah, I I have not had any vocal training. I have not gone to school for anything I'm doing or have done. Um, I just it's all experience, all growth, and all whatever I'm comfortable with. So you you are a teach yourself singer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah. for it. Yeah. So you live in the city, you, you're around nightlife. When did you officially start entering nightlife and become a part of this crazy little community? Hmm. So officially, I started after my 21st birthday, but I had been going out to like 18 and up parties so I had been around the crowds for a while. And when I was 19, I self-produced um, and released a my first EP. And DJ Steve Sidewalk, who I would go support, like he had a Tuesday show, a Tuesday event that was like 18 and up at the time. Um, 
he caught wind of it or I think I actually told him about it and like he set up a release party for me and we had like this cute release party at XL RIP XL um <laughs> but the only problem was like because I wasn't 21 they put huge x marks on my hand so there are performance photos and videos with me and like these x's on my hand and I was like girl no like this cannot be the t right now so what I did was from the ages of 19 to 21 I worked a lot made a lot of like money to put into my music um so when i turned 21 i had this song called body um i did this little promo campaign with my friends and i invested some money into the release and i ended up being able to network my way into performing at different locations like once every two weeks so i made it the body tour and then ever since then, it kind of just stuck. Nice. I, um, I met a lot of friends. I met Adriana Trenta, and she ended up booking me to be one of her background dancers. So that ended up happening for a little while. And the rest is really just me like it, inserting myself into things. <laughs> I tried to look on the Glam Award website to get an accurate number, but I'm sure I got it wrong because let's be honest, that website's not updated sometimes. And you go off what's listed, but Jeez. you've been nominated for give or take six Glam Awards. But unlike me, you've won some. You got a couple wins under your belt. I've been what nominated. is it like to have your nightlife peers recognize your art like that? I've been nominated for, I think, nine Glam Awards. See? There it is. Cherry <laughs> up to the fucking website. Name everybody. Wait, I'm trying to think. I want to say like eight or nine. Okay. Because I've it. been nominated for two, four, six, seven, eight. So eight. Eight. Right. Um, the Glam Awards has been a very fun experience for me because like I literally went from not knowing what it was to like getting just a glimpse of it and then using it to like sharpen my skills. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is like at that time when I started nightlife, um, I had heard about the Glam Awards and they were like, you should come to the Glam Awards, but I had missed it. So the following year I worked the door um, and I didn't really get to watch the show, but I got to see little spots, little parts. And then I met a lot of people who were in nightlife. And um, it was just such an overwhelming experience of like acceptance and like, beauty like there were so many beautiful things that I'll never forget from that night that I was like you know what like I want to be a part of this all the time yeah. and um I don't know I remember looking at Cherry before I left and I was like next year I want to be nominated and if I could perform that would be cool and like ever ever since then I was always I've just been like okay let's do this 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 let's not knowing that like this would end up like helping me as an artist i was just like you know manifesting it manifesting it yeah and um the next the following year i was nominated for best music video and best male performer and i had like that long ass performance with honey davenport uh -huh. which was something <laughs> but <laughs> but people still remember it so i like it <laughs> and um oh. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah, and that's. Well, I was gonna say how like how does winning a glam award help or hinder your growth in the scene? Um, I'm not sure if it does either of those things. I I would like to say it does 
bring recognition and it does like for the right reasons i guess you could sure. say like because it does help when you're like oh well i've been able to accomplish this in this amount of time and like i've won it i've won that award three years in a row so it's like you know I, at least i can say that's something that i've oh. accomplished um i don't know if it hinders i don't think so no i don't think so sure. But you have a helps. favorite yeah. performance from the Glam Awards? Anytime I hit the stage. Yeah, no, no, no favorites of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved ha um, getting the opportunity to share the stage with Honey Davenport twice. And I love the fact that I got to share the stage with my best friend, Robert Garcia, for um, the second year around. Thanks. Now, when it comes to your performances at shows and stuff, when create, curating a set list, what goes into your thought process? The story I want to tell that night and the audience, where I'm playing, what I'm playing to, how long I'm playing. A lot of my songs are very metaphorical. Um, and they speak about like conversations I've had with myself and it gets very deep and personal, but I don't like to squish them all together without being able to talk about what it is. So okay. it's also set timing that I think about as well. Now you mentioned different venues mean different thought processes for how you're going to put a show together. Mm -hmm. What is it like having to adapt your artistic style for a specific venue or place? Um, it's not much of an issue. I'm a very versatile person. I have, I have a lot of music and I have a lot of different styles and stuff like that. Uh, but it's just like, you know, um, reading the room and, you know, no matter what the energy of the building is, as long as you know how to take control of it, you can reset the energy. Absolutely. So when I say like, you know, certain venues call for certain things, it's just like, you know, like, if the pop, if the party is a pop party, I'm going to do a pop song because I can't right. like, you know, if it's something more like underground, then I could bring in like my dancers and like, it'll be something like, you know, it depends on the party. That's what I, all I meant. Absolutely. Um, now, but, if, if you could do a duet with any recording artist, living or dead, who would it be? And what would be the song you'd sing? If I could do a duet. I really want to sing with Kelly Clarkson. All right. I'm here I for it. I think that's always, she's always been one of my like vocal inspirations. And I feel like I would want to, I don't know what song I would want to do with her, but I would want to do a song that's not acoustic and make it acoustic. Like, I would want to do some like crazy pop song with her and then just like strip that shit down and sing it I'm with Kelly Clarkson. I love Kelly Clarkson. Kidding me. <laughs> She, she, is, she is an American Idol, for sure. She is an icon. COVID took a toll on the entertainment industry and halted so much for so many artists in nightlife. How did at least the first wave of the quarantine and lockdowns affect you as an artist? Um, it was great. It was a walk through the meadow and we got to see the rainbows and the dragonflies and the butterflies. And it was great. We had a great time. We even had picnics. 
Absolutely not. It was fucking nightmare. Are you kidding me? There have been so many challenges in the last two years to make me question whether or not I want to do this or this is who I am. That at the end, I'm grateful for because they really have like, you know, made me a stronger person, but it has, it was wild. I went from performing four nights a week to not performing at all for a whole year. Yeah. And it was, it's intense when it's like, Physically, I'm not doing as much. Mentally, I'm not doing as much. And I can't because literally the world is ending, like you said. <laughs> what did you learn about yourself when all the live shows were gone? I learned so much. Oh, so like, not only did the pandemic stop us from doing what we did, but I had made a decision to go on a trip for a week to California um, on March 13th. And I landed March 14th and they said tonight at midnight, all airports are closed. No one can go anywhere because we are on a global lockdown. So my week stay in California ended up being three months. And I had to like, navigate through a pandemic. I was with Honey Davenport and she was such a fucking blessing. Like we did so much together and we kept our heads above the water with each other. But like, it was still like navigating COVID world in a pandemic on the other side of the country with like literally only one person. You. So yeah, um, not only did I have to like go through the pandemic and being alone, not, not alone, but like being with one person across country and everything was closed. Damn, damn, I was on it. I was on it. <laughs> um, you learned a lot about yourself. And I, as I an had artist to, as well. I had to find ways to like, a lot of self-reflection. There were a lot of things that I had to confront that I wasn't able to confront before the pandemic because I was working so much you know and then there were things that like i had to really be dedicated to and i had to find ways to still express myself and and make my art without any resources sure i mean people say that some of the darkest moments can turn into the most artistic uh fulfillment mm -hmm. did you find yourself creating new opportunities for yourself during the lockdowns um, yeah, in a way, my social media, and I think this is where my social media had met its downfall, because my social media, I started to move to a lot of like, virtual content, I was putting out like, some singles and some quarantine videos and stuff like that. And I was also um, working with Honey Davenport on some stuff as well. So I was getting a lot of traction. I was getting new audiences. And when that started to pick up is when I started to get more reports. So I, I guess I made it somewhere and I got somebody upset. And then that's where that came from, which sounds like a win to me. <laughs> uh -huh. Listen, if you don't have haters, you're not doing it right. I think that, I think that, you know. Um, but it was really scary because I had my form of, Therapy is performing. I love to just get it out. There's something about just performing, like the energy release, the energy that really does 
flow through my body as I'm performing is so like rehabilitating. It really is. Um, and not being able to do it meant like, okay, how do I express this stuff? And um, I shifted all of my focus into music videos because I, I didn't have that many music videos, but I did have an opportunity to make music videos. And I was like, oh, this should, this would help. This would help not only like my online presence, but it would also help me as an artist because I ended up directing, styling, putting together all six of those music videos within a matter of a month and a half. And then we shot and released those music videos and put them out. Like, I think once a week I did it. So for like a couple of months in 20, no, yeah. From August to like October, I was dropping music videos in 2020. We'll, um, we'll, we'll dive deeper into those music videos in a little bit, but deeper. did you, did it reignite the, the passion of wanting, of, of finding the ability to get back into live audience uh, performances again? I don't want to say reignite because that flame never disappeared like you know like oh. I was I think what another thing is I should mention is that I was doing it so much that actually taking off from performing I didn't see as a bad thing either because sure. four nights a week for two three years back to back like I was really doing fucking most <laughs> and um I, I did it because it made me feel good and I love to do it but I, I like that it ignited a new flame in me so that I had another outlet to pour myself into or to like, you know, not, we, we all don't need just one remedy. We all need, we need more than one sometimes. So Absolutely. I found, you know, another way to make myself feel better through that. So pre COVID post COVID you've been able to perform at a lot of venues throughout New York city. What are some of your favorites? $3 bill, mm -hmm. hands down. Um, for the way that they treat me, they bring me in and they like, I feel so accepted there. What I do feels so believed in when I'm at $3 bill from the audience and from the employees and their stage. That stage is the fucking ticket, okay? <laughs> it's a bit of a jungle gym too. You, get to, oh my. you can jump off things from there. I had like, and it's huge. I had like eight dancers for like one of yeah. our comeback shows. And it was so many of us on fucking stage and they were still spaced. Yeah. And I was like, yes, this is it. And the lights, oh, $3 bill and rebar. I love rebar. They had me, um, I was with Jim Silvestri for Dot Mess. Um, I think that was also bi-weekly, but I was, I think I was there once a month. I might've been there twice a month before the pandemic, but Jim Silvestri hooked me up with that rebar connect and me and the rebar family have been very close and now we have our new gigs popping up um and i love the neighborhood i love the the, audi the audience that i've built over there and met there as well three dollar bill rebar hush Hush is, one. Hush is coming along great i've been working their door and now i'm doing their coat check now as someone who does work so frequently as a vocalist, how do you 
soothe your voice? Do you have any therapeutic um, remedies or anything you do on a nightly basis following a gig to allow your voice to heal before the next performance? God, I wish I could bullshit you so good right now, but I, <laughs> I uh, damn, no. <laughs> I should, no, I should, but I, I don't. I have cut back on drinking because mm. drinking is bad for you. Um, and um, I don't. <laughs> Listen, I mean, that's okay. I mean, I what I've learned is like this past year, I have um, almost like doubled the amount of podcasting I've been doing, which means I'm talking a lot more than I used to. And mm -hmm. I found like for me, I need to put myself on some vocal rest at times otherwise the next day i'm going back into the podcast you, i i my throat hurts and i'm like i don't want to do this i don't want to talk oh no that's just talking yeah um, so i can't no. even imagine how a vocalist does it on a nightly basis no i guess i've just been lucky with it or yeah, i don't I mean, sound as good as we think we do <laughs> no no <laughs> i mean you're you're also young so you you, you got time to age, your voice to age as well yeah and my voice is changing so i don't know i just don't i just don't i should and i want to because like you know i have been able to like practice a lot more with my singing during the pandemic mm -hmm. and there are a lot of things that i could probably be able to do if i practiced or if i learned how to do them um just right now i don't i don't do it i take That's a night fun. off like i don't like to perform one right after the other now mm -hmm. Because nice. like, no, it's too much. But otherwise, I kind of like when I sound very raspy and very like different. So that's fair. Sometimes I just let it happen. <laughs> Last Pride, you received a special congressional recognition. Tell us about this and how did it feel receiving such an honor? Oh my god! Wow, I completely forgot about that. Wow, that, that was so cool. I though. do my research. Oh, Even God. if it takes forever to find old social media things, I do my research. That was fun. It was such a a cool moment. We were asked to, me and my best friend, Robert Garcia, were asked to um, help the Woodhall Hospital put together a Pride event. Um, and that's a, a hospital here on Myrtle and, and Broad. No, it's on Broadway. It's a hospital. It's in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's in Brooklyn. And um, it was really nice to just, you know, help bring something from our community into their community and then make it. It was such a cute pride event. Like, I, I can't. Oh, wow. I completely forgot about that. That was such a beautiful moment. And then to, like, receive recognition like that is like, okay, we're doing something right here. Yeah. Like, I'm glad to be here and see what our difference is now with the world being what it is in the state it's in how can we find pride in ourselves and in our community yeah when you find out you let me know too okay <laughs> no i'm just hey, kidding honestly no it, because it, <laughs> it's hard it's hard to find it in this, these times and and this is probably what we're experiencing and what we're going through is nothing like anything that sure. anyone else like you know i think we just have to 
it's all about perception and gratitude. So we have to change our perception on the way we see things. And like, if we, if we can acknowledge and take ownership of when we're being negative towards something, then we can find the positivity out of things as well. And I feel like changing perception is very important because when you get lost in one mindset of the way things are, it, it becomes very hard to get out of it. So changing how you see things helps. And then gratitude pushes that because being grateful helps you remember what you have. Um, and I learned that during this pandemic because I wasn't, I wouldn't say as grateful, but you know, there were things that I was taking for granted before the pandemic that I'm just like, holy shit, like, I'm so grateful for this part of my life and I'm so grateful for these people in my life. Um, and I wish I had expressed it more before the pandemic, but I still have the opportunity to do it now. So I have been, and I think that helps with keeping everything leveled. Mm -hmm. Just making sure your perception is right. And you're being grateful because you always have something to be grateful for. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is a good segue. We, we, are going to talk about this you want to talk about it and i think it's fun and important to talk about but you have dropped an ep of an original music called the gay agenda the gay tell agenda tell whoop, us about whoop. it okay so the gay agenda is my way of breaking into mainstream and then you know hypnotizing and brainwashing everyone into being gay love it no 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 no, no. <laughs> well no because on your website you simply put the gay agenda is music about acceptance I think that's really powerful. What what does that mean? And how what should the listeners be taking out of your music? The Gay Agenda is <laughs> six track EP of songs about acceptance. Each song is a different part of ex acceptance that I've had to come to terms with in life. Acceptance of self, acceptance of others, acceptance of life not being in my control acceptance of you know having to start over and over again to become who you really are um and again like i said earlier like a lot of my songs are very metaphorical they're conversations i've had with myself that i like to just pretend we're done with other people um it's the gay agenda because there's no such thing as the gay agenda, but if I break it down and I really go through what I've experienced, what I believe, what I've seen, I see that the gay agenda is just acceptance. You know, if you're really following the gay agenda, you're just being accepting of everything, yourself, yeah. others, life, people, like, you know? Um, Absolutely. And it's a little, hum a little homage to like my teenage years. You know, when I was in high school growing up and coming out the closet, there was a lot of references to the gay agenda, like a lot of political shit and a lot of people using it against us. But there is no such thing as a gay agenda or there was no such thing as the gay agenda. And I figured like in a petty way, I would find it, I would make it my business to have my own gay agenda so that I can go on to TV shows and be like, hi, I'm Jace Vegas and I'm here to push the gay agenda. There's branding. Now, <laughs> now a, a little birdie told me there's a part two set to be released soon. Yes. About it. What, what can you tell us? Yes, that big bird needs to shut her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Gay Agenda 2 has was supposed to come out last year, but nothing I was writing or putting together made sense with what I wanted 
to create. Um, the gay agenda is about acceptance. The gay agenda too is going to be about perception and gratitude because I think acceptance, perception and gratitude are the keys of life. Like, first of all, the power of three and then those are the three things. Yep. Um, and the gay agenda two is going to be more on the vulnerable side where I can break down how you get to those stages of realizing, oh my God, I have to be grateful. Because like sometimes that's all you have. Right. And then there are other times where like I'm talking about how like changing the way I see things, like perception, has altered what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. The gay agenda two will have less songs than the gay agenda, the original, but it'll still be more like very direct. It'll still be very metaphorical. Um, and I'm hoping summertime, hoping summertime. I want to yeah. drop it for pride. I, I, I'm, and it's a great time to drop it for a big celebration too. Yes, I, I hoping, but you know, it's a pandemic. So it's really hard to like pinpoint how the music and where it's getting done. That's right. why I've had problems with last year. And um, I've also realized that like, I write a lot of songs. I write like three or four songs a fucking day because I kept these jingles in my head, but I don't wanna create something that I'm gonna have to talk about for the rest of my life. So I like to really make sure what I'm talking about is something that I wanna share with everyone, which is why I don't talk about relationships with other people in my music, which is why I don't talk about relationships with my family anymore or like those things anymore in my music because where I'm going now, I really do want like my music just to be about like self-reflection and self-awareness and making sure everyone knows that they're not alone and that there is someone out there that they can relate to because mental health is important. I mean, absolutely keep that up there. All right. Let's talk about some of the events that you've put on over the years from Vegas nights to the boy girl agenda. What is the hardest part about putting on a show in New York? And how do you maintain a show for a quote unquote long run? Hmm. What well, is the hardest part? I think the hardest part is working for less than you're worth sometimes. Absolutely. I think that's the hardest part. But there is a lot of, like no matter like how much I've ever done a show for, whether it had been for free or for a lot of money, <clears throat> I've always thought about it as I'm doing a show in New York City. People come from New York City to do what I'm doing, right? I'm living someone's dream right now. So that's how I've always thought about it. And that's how I've been able to keep the energy of, you know, doing it weekly, doing it monthly doing it so much um and i would think that would be also um a hard part is doing it so often but because i was reminding myself like of what i was doing and how i was doing it um i don't see those as the hard parts but they are hard they are very hard because sometimes obviously... you walk in there and be like wait i'm worth a lot more than this but then you got to realize this is a part of it this is Absolutely. all a part of it now, obviously, with the rise of drag race and drag becoming this mainstream thing, when it comes to nightlife, there are a lot of people who immediately say nightlife is drag. 
but there is a lot more to what nightlife is. Did you have any roadblocks trying to pitch your shows and and try to figure out a way to be like, my show is worth just as much as a drag show? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm having those problems right now. <laughs> And this is why I have, I have four glam awards, by the way, like, and this is why I'm like, I'm not sure if they help or hinder me because absolutely, I get pushed back a lot. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get so. No, you're, you're allowed to. This is so why you're crazy here. about it. But seriously. Yeah. I mean, I have been grateful enough to work with a lot of people who believe in what I do. And that's what I like to focus on. And I like to like acknowledge the most because I do get a lot of pushback and I do get a lot of no's, I get a lot of unanswered messages, all of that shit, because what I do is seldom, and I know that, I know that, but other people aren't always as open to, you know, me. But, you know, this is nothing that I haven't faced before because I'm also trying to break into mainstream and that's exactly how mainstream treats me. So it, it really is nothing like, no different in a way and I'm like, I'm always prepared for it, but is facing rejection becoming easier? I've been facing rejection my whole life, girl. I'm a gay little Latin boy. Like <laughs> my whole life has been rejection from family, from work, from everything. So if anything, it builds character for me. It doesn't, it's never become a problem in a way where I'm like, oh, this is so hard. When, Cause every time I'm rejected, I'm like, fuck you then. Like, girl, bye, like, <laughs> girl, bye. I, again, working for your worth, like, bitch, fuck out of here. <laughs> now, one of your shows that really has stood the test of time, it's, it's existed pre-COVID as we like to now consider it. It, it existed during COVID. The boy girl agenda. Tell us the boy the girl agenda. I was gonna wear that shirt today, but I decided <laughs> to wear this one instead. Um, hold on. Cotton mouth. Sorry. Um, the boy girl agenda was a joint collaboration between me and Robert Garcia. I'm saying that bitch's name a lot, so you should probably get her on here soon. <laughs> oh, you'll get that chance to shout her out again. Um. Robert and I are queer artists who are from New York City. We both have very similar upbringings and we get each other and connect with each other on levels that I've, I've never met with another performer. So working with her was something that I love to do and it was always inspiring. We were doing a weekly show together. Well, I was doing the weekly show on Wednesdays and then I brought them on as a co-host. And then from there we were like, okay, like let's do something bigger than this. So we formed the boy girl agenda. Um, it just so happened that the gay agenda and her EP came out at the same, like around the same time. Mm -hmm. So we just used the names of both of our things, put them together. And we Branding, were like, it works. Hello. And we were like, okay, let's make this more of a showcase. Let's, let's do this one, once a month shebang where we like book really book artists that we deserve that deserve this type of stage and we give performances that deserve this type of stage and um we were lucky enough to start right before the pandemic so we had a couple of months of like good and then the pandemic hit and then we were able to come back 
when the COVID guidelines restrictions were lifted a little bit restrictions were lifted a little bit and um it was a lot of fun i it's i love being able to share my experiences with other artists and other queer artists like me i love being able to you know my objective was to make sure that people didn't have to fight so much for or people had an opportunity because when I was in nightlife, my opportunities were very limited and I had to fight for my shit. And I said that once I get the ball rolling, I'll make sure that there are more things. And that's what I really loved about the Boy Girl Agenda because it was one of those events. And like our weekly Wednesday events was just like dedicated to the queer live artists because they needed it. We needed it. I needed Absolutely. it. <laughs> we're marrying drag and live performance your new show at Rebar with the Dragon Sisters, House Party. House Tell Party. Us Tell us about it. Um, House Party is going to be one of my favorite things about 2022. It already is one of my favorite things about 2022, but the potential of this event has so much power to really shift a lot of things in nightlife. I feel like it's so, so unique to have the Dragon Sisters anywhere they're such a phenomenal duo and they, they bring something so different and something so professional together and then i like the blend with what i do because i'm like on the border of certain things like i'm not a drag queen but i'm gonna put on a fierce ass look and i'm gonna dance my ass off um and the dj dj samuela she just brings every type of energy and flow that you would expect at a house party from new york city and it's just a really great time. I've, I've had so much fun at these last two parties that I've probably had besides the Boy Girl Agenda. Yeah, yeah. What's going to set your show apart from anything else in New York? I, I do that. I, I set my show apart from any show in New York. And then I got the Dragon Sisters. So, like, come on. It's like a... There it is. <laughs> um, I would say like, we play a lot of hip hop, reggae, Latin music. That's very different, especially in the city. And you would think, what, New York City? No way, but yes, yes. We play a lot of the music that you would hear out in, like I said, a Brooklyn house party, a Queens house party, the Bronx house parties. It's a New York City house party flow. And that's very different from what the clubs be given. Sure. All right, we're gonna play our first game. Are you ready to play? Our game, yes, let's go. We're gonna play this or that. I'm gonna give you two options. You're gonna pick the one you prefer. Okay. Day or night? Night. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Vodka or whiskey? What? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Live show or music video? Live show. Text or call? Text. Charmander or Squirtle? <gasps> Charmander. Oh, no. <laughs> Charmander. Pikachu or Eevee? Pikachu. Buzz or Woody? Woody. DC or Marvel? Ma DC. Superman or, Superman or Batman? Superman. Stay in or, stay, or go out? Go. Mm, depends on the weather. 
Go out. Go Honestly, out. Go out. Listen, <laughs> in the dead of winter, I am staying in. I don't care if there's the biggest party going on. I am staying in and wearing pajamas. Uh-uh. All right. So you are no stranger to creating a catchy tune. But as you alluded to, you have a slew of music videos. What is the creation process like for you? The creation process can go one or two ways. Sometimes when I start writing a song, I like to put myself visually in the song. How do I like to perform it? How do I want to be seen? So sometimes I can write a song and I already have a music video in my head for it. So it'll be easy, it's easy for me to bring it to life. But then other times there's absolutely no idea. So like my Born Again video, there was no idea for it. And the Blasphemy music video with Aja there was no idea for. And I really let it all up to styling. I was like, I'm just gonna buy some outfits and I'll work things around this. And then the other one, and then the, that was the Born Again video. And then for the Blasphemy video, I paid a set designer to create sets. And I had, I was able to pick outfits from Patricia Field's studio. So I just let all of that tell the story with my song. Now, you, you mentioned that you have <laughs> done it all. You've um, performed in it. You've directed it. You've art directed it. You've styled it. What is the hardest part and which is your favorite part? My favorite part is writing it. Well, we talking about music videos? Yeah. Okay, my favorite part is watching it. <laughs> that's Absolutely, my it's the payoff. My favorite part is. Are watching. you are you someone who like storyboards or? Yeah. How, yes. how, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to. Not not everything is just off the whim. Like I will like storyboard things and like I do like to section parts off. I like to see like when I write something down and then it's like there. And it's like that's exactly what I wanted. That's exactly where it is. But also the worst part is watching it back because I'm a very critical person. So I would send back a video like four or five times, like, no, this has to change. 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 Um, And I think, yeah, watching it is both the easiest and hard. I mean, my favorite and the hardest part. Now, obviously, when you get to the point when you become a super duper star and you're too busy to direct it yourself, do you have a dream director in mind to create a video for you? I, I should. That is a great question. Damn, I should. Now I should. put it on the dream box list. I would um I would always wanted to work with like uh the choreographer who who works with Missy Elliott and now I was working with like Normani. I want to work with someone who can give me the one thing I haven't done in my music videos is showing people that I can dance. Um I and also yeah, dance. I've never I've never even kissed a guy in my music videos. So I would want to do something that's like on the step up spectrum. You feel me? Like now, dance is falling. You have you have artists like Beyonce who not only will write music for a new album, but she's putting out visual companions to her work. Is that something you strive to do? Um I would love to do that. Like I I would love to do that. I love I love music videos. I love watching stories to songs that like I get different 
views from. So like, I love when I hear a song and then I watch the music video and I'm like, I didn't get that from this, yeah. but okay, cool. Um, and if it wasn't so fucking expensive, yes, every song that I ever put out would have a music video. Um, and I think I did that with, that's what I was trying to do with the, the music videos I put out last year. I figured since I wasn't able to put out new music, I would bring to life the gay agenda. So like almost every song on the gay agenda has a music video now. And um, the gay agenda too, hopefully because it's less tracks, I'll be able to like fund the right music videos. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say yes. I strive to do those things, yes. Now, you've obviously worked with some incredible, incredible artists to collaborate with. Who have you yet to work with that is on your wish list? Hmm. Madonna, Nicki Minaj, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> um, I do want to work with Adore Delano. Um, I do want to work with Cupcake. Oh my God, I love okay. Cupcake. I know that is so random and so different, but I love Cupcake. Um, and I want to work with some like other producers and DJs outside in New York City. I want to get a feeling and vibe from what people are doing outside of what I'm usually around. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's Madonna. I said Madonna, right? Yeah, Nicki Minaj. Of course. <laughs> of course. You know, what? every every time you say it, it gets closer to them hearing it. So <laughs> putting it out to the universe. Well, music is universal. It brings people together and helps give us a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack to your life. Welcome to Jace's Ultimate Playlist. Okay. So I'm going to give you nine prompts, and you're going to pick a song that fits each one. You ready? Okay. All right. All right. A song that reminds you of home. A song that reminds me of home. Um... Mm. Mm. Um, it should be easier. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, this is so random. Uh, Whitney Houston, it's not right, but it's okay. Right. My mom used to play that album so much when I was a kid. And like now, yeah. whenever shit comes on, I'm like, oh, childhood. A song or anything your... boys to men, which is. All right. All right. Yeah. A song from your favorite artist. My favorite Madonna song is Frozen. Okay, all right. A song that reminds you of your first love. First love. Um, oh, oh, Jennifer Hudson. It's a Jennifer Hudson song. I don't remember the name of the song, but All right. it's a Jennifer Hudson song. Damn, love, L-U-V, some, some shit like that. A song that you fall asleep to. Oh, I like to put on like lo-fi music to chill out and zone, zone yes. out too. Yeah. Or if, I'm, if I have to do a cover, I, I go to sleep to the cover. Right. That's like I'll one. put the headphones on and have it on repeat. I don't know why it works, but it works. <laughs> A song from quarantine. Hmm. 
the energy remix jace vegas featuring will sheridan honey davenport king paputi kelvin love goldilocks robert garcia and christopher ambrose yes there it is i did a whole like rap trio a rap group cypher thing for one of my songs during the pandemic love that Mm-hmm. A song that makes you horny. Skin by Rihanna. There it is. A song that reminds you of love. Um, Only Love Can Hurt Like This by Paloma Faith. A song that you discovered before all your friends. Hmm. Going Under by Evanescence. <laughs> Evanescence. Amy Lee showing up at pieces over the weekend. The I fuck? know. I was gagged. Random. Most random. <laughs> and finally, a song that made you who you are. Stay by Jace Vegas. There it is. <laughs> All right. If you are not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. We are going to play the Drag Queens of New York version. So all oh of these God. are drag queens that have lived in or or from or currently live in New York. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Who costs more? Monique Hart or Manila Luzon? Manila. That's correct. Manila is at 150. Monique is at 129. Okay. Next up, Scarlet Envy or Thorgy Thor. Scar, Scar, th- mm, Thorgy. Thorgy is 41. Scarlet is 100. Okay, I see that. I see that. Tina Burner or Jiggly Caliente? Jiggly Caliente. Jiggly is 49. Tina Burner, $1 more at 50. Okay. Peppermint or Ms. Cracker? Peppermint. Peppermint's correct. $99. Ms. Cracker, 75. Next up. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. What? I like confused myself because like I knew that the first one was about the pricing, but then the last two were like who I would rather be for one. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm sorry. You have expensive taste. All right. No- all right, next up is Honey Davenport or Vivacious. Honey Davenport. It's actually Vivacious. Vivacious I... at 35. Honey is at 25. Oh, Honey, wow. charge more. Oh, wow. All right, next up is Jasmine Kennedy or Novazar. No. Mm, mm, mm. Damn, I don't know. I feel like they would charge the same price. <laughs> it's actually Jasmine at 35, Novazar is at 25. Okay, okay. Nikki Doll or Britta Filter? Nikki Doll. That's correct. $80 for Nikki, $75 for Britta. Next, we have Paige Turner or Jasmine Rice of the Beige. Jasmine? Jasmine is at 20, Paige is at 25. Hmm, okay. I see that. Next, we have Erica Clash or Marty Gold Cummings. Erica Clash. They're both actually at twenty dollars. It's a tie. Oh, oh, damn! I didn't know they were ties. <laughs> I like to throw in. Some 
Next we have Ruby Rue or Reefy Royalty. Reefy. That's correct. Reefy's at 20. Ruby is at 15. And finally, we have Laguna Blue. How much can you get a Laguna Blue cameo for? I would pay 40 to $50. She's currently at 65, and listeners, if you have 65... I would do it. Go do it. Go support Laguna. I would do it. She needs your help. That's a Cameo Game Show. Okay. And also, I got $25 t-shirts. Yeah. (laughs) When are you going to be on Cameo? Um, I don't don't know. I don't... Go call Connie, honey, and say, get me a referral, please. (laughs) Oh, Cameo. Maybe. I don't think so. One day. All right, let's talk fashion. No matter where you go, you always serve a look. Who are your fashion icons and inspirations? Um, that's really hard because I'm not so into the fashion world as of yet. Like, I'm trying to get to know like familiar designers and like people like that. But really, my fashion is my mood. Whatever I'm feeling. I like a lot of colorful things, but then I also like a lot of things that show skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Diego Montoya. He's he's always been a part of my um, my music videos. I've always had I find a way to incorporate his mask into my piece into my visuals. Um, Dope Tavio, he's really cool. He's really nice. He's actually letting me wear one of his pieces to the Glam Awards this year. Oh, yeah, any, um, any hints of what, you, what we'll see? Nipples. Nipples, <laughs> ooh. All right, here for um, it. And then my own, like, I had a really good friend. I still have a really great friend. She just moved away. She moved to Pennsylvania. She got married and she's living her best life right now. But she used to help style me and help create outfits for me. So sometimes I would be wearing like, custom pieces by my friend Coco. And um, she really helped, you know, me feel comfortable in the shit that I wanted to wear because it is a little different sometimes. Absolutely. Do you ever have trepidation in what you wear? Do I have what? I'm sorry, I can hear you. Any trepidation um, or fears? Um, nope. Sometimes. That's fine. No. Because you, you go bold. You you are very unapologetically bold when you serve a look. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why I don't have any fear because I'm like, all right, I've pushed my level of comfort. So yeah. I'm already comfortable here. Fuck what everybody else. I mean, meanwhile, I'm, I have to like talk myself up for what I'm wearing to the glam boards because I'm I, like, this is going to be the boldest anybody has ever seen me before and i'm like oh okay, okay we're gonna we're doing it it's gonna be a look where are you gonna wear well um so I'm, I'm still deciding on the shirt and pants i'm deciding that today but i have a silver moto jacket and an iridescent harness Ooh, i caught chills Ooh, so I, I, I was like you no one's really seen me physically for a year you might as well see me at the glass okay because i'm gonna shine and reflect every fucking light there is yes okay so I'm gonna have fun. I'm like I'm I'm trying. We'll see how it goes. If oh it's gosh, a bad reaction, I've learned. You live and learn. Hopefully, my outfit comes in time. It was shipped today, so we'll see. We I wanted to wear. Days. We're good. Yeah, I wanted to wear a dress, but 
I'm wearing a skirt instead. So I, I get to win somewhere. And then I really want to make 2022 like the year where I do step more into fashion because not only do I want to do like runway stuff, but also like I've been known to be like the body person where like, you know, I'm always been shirtless or you can see stuff or like, you know, like I would wear the most just shorts sometimes. And um, I don't know, I, I also look good in clothes. So I want to show that too. And I want to show that like I have a versatility between like I can sell sex and then I can sell clothes. <laughs> and, and, and you can show off the 26 tattoos. And I can show off my 26 tattoos or hide all of them so you wouldn't even know and then i look great if you could have one entire look created for you by a designer is there a designer you want to design for you damn i suck at names um (laughs) me too i suck at names i really want to work with abraham um Mm -hmm. levy i really want to work with him i feel like he would make me such like I, I think I'm a fucking superhero. So I think yeah. they'd be perfect for um, what my aesthetic would I, be. I could see that collaboration. Um, and Jaro. Mm-hmm. Jaro's been killing it with all these, like, from Chloe to Christina Aguilera to, like, Lizzo. He even had Cardi on there. I was like, yes, you better fucking work. And they're also, like, beautiful pieces that are kind of in my same aesthetic. Um, there you go. Dream big. Yeah, and of course, you know, like the big name brands, if they want to come through, come through. <laughs> there it is. All right, we're going to play everybody's favorite game. We are going to play Tea Time, where you're going to spill a little bit of tea on some of your favorite friends, sisters, collaborators, people share stage with, people you love, people you hate. That's up to you. I don't know. You're going to tell us if you hate them or not. But really, most of the time, everyone's like, oh, I love this person. So welcome to the love fest known as Tea Time. Okay, out of here. Let's talk shit. All right, let's <laughs> with one of everyone's favorites, Honey Davenport. Oh, screw her. She is so airheaded and she doesn't know what she's doing. Now, no, are you kidding me? If it wasn't for fucking Honey Davenport, I don't know what kind of person I would be, period. Like, we have worked together so much on like so many different projects, and she has believed in me and everything that I have brought to the table well not everything but mostly everything I've brought to the table and like it's always felt great to have like that connection and that that level of like I consider her my drag mother and she can like I'm her baby so it's like especially since like from the beginning like we have been you know from the beginning of me I've been working so closely with her and, you know, I've been able to do so much. Because of her, I got a song with one of the winners of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, that's crazy to me. And, um, so, like, I owe that woman, like, a lot. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Next up, Aja. Another fake-ass bitch. Oh, my God. No, I love Aja from the jump. So Aja and I kind of know each other from, like, high school days like mm-hmm. i i know aja and candy from like when i was 16 16 17 and like one thing i really loved about aja was that she stayed true to herself that she's always been persistent in her own image and it's always been like fuck you or you're with the team and stuff and i love that about aja she's also been like 
such a imprint in the Drag Race franchise. Like working with Aja, you get to see like how many people are moved and inspired by them. And it's like, wow, that is so inspiring. So inspiring. Next up, Kareem McJagger. Kareem McJagger is actually the nicest person in nightlife. No. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I think the next person is actually the nicest person in nightlife, but okay, we'll go for it. Um, Kareem McJagger. So Kareem was one of the first people to like book me for hosting gigs. And as many times as they booked me, for some reason, I didn't think they were like really fucking with me. And then... I asked him to be on one of my songs and then we shot a music video and he pulled me to the side and he was like, wow, this is amazing. You should be proud, blah, blah, blah. And like, I almost cried because I was like, wow, this whole time I didn't know how you felt about me. And I even got you on a song and in my music video, but you do love me. And then we've been like, We're, that's family. I love Kareem. He's so, he's so caring and so passionate for his work. Absolutely. Next up is someone I think is the nicest person in all of nightlife. One of the greatest humans I have ever had the presence, the, the grace to be in their presence, DJ J. Claw. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm like, what are you saying? A lot of stuff, girl. <laughs> um, DJ J. Clef. Literally, I was talking to him as we were connecting to this interview. So that's so funny that we get to talk about them now. Um, we, we became very close maybe two or three years ago. They brought me on to a weekly gig. They're the reason why I had my weekly gig on 14th Street on Wednesdays. And you ever just meet someone and be like, wow, you're so fucking cool. Yeah. Like that's how I feel about DJ J Clef. Like, I'm like, wow, you're just so fucking cool. And every time we, we party together or do anything, I'm like, damn, like you're so fucking cool. Like, thanks for, appreciating what I do because I appreciate what you do um and I do think they're one of the best DJs in New York City absolutely I'm here for it next up one of the best producers in New York City Phil Chanel oh Phil oh so this is just family so we just going by family damn I was really hoping I could talk shit about somebody hey you never know Um, there's still time Oh, oh, okay, okay, I'm excited again. Um, I love Phil. Again, another person who's been very receptive to what I do. They have supported me and made me feel welcome in any environment that I have seen them in. Uh, And I I love Phil. Next up, Jim Silvestri. All right, let's talk about this motherfucker because, <laughs> all right, so uh, you want to talk shit? We're going to talk some shit. Now, how come every year my ranking goes down? And I'm like, oh, nah. <laughs> like, damn, I know I caught a leg injury last year and I couldn't perform as much, but really? I had to drop 50-something slots? <laughs> hey, I, I dropped like 170, so that one that one stung. That's okay. No, Sorry. to be honest, every time this thing happens, I'm always in his DMs like, ooh, you're so messy. Ooh, I love it. Ooh. <laughs> well, literally, and, but last night, that's what, what we were talking about. And I like to play into it. I I don't know what, what gives Jim the power to do what Jim does, but I wish I had that. That <laughs> was... I was like, you are a keystone right now. Like, name one other place where you can go and see every nightlife 
event, well, almost every nightlife event, but ranging from drag queen to comedy to live performers, it's all there. Like, and then he has his interviews with everybody in nightlife to make it seem like it really is our own little underground world. And I'm very appreciative for that man because not only has he got me uh, like events and opportunities, but he has been recognizing me in the community where there aren't that many outlets that do recognize what I do. Yep. All right, next up, the Dragon Sisters. When I tell you, I think they were my biggest inspiration of 2021. I think like a lot of what I was going through last year made me feel some type of way about performing and music and nightlife and blah, blah, blah. But I went to one of their shows and I was like, oh, this is it. Like, duh, like this is why I do what I do and this is what I wanna continue to do. And like, they really did inspire me to a point where I was like, let's get back out there. Yeah. Because we we had taken a month, like a year and some change off. And then I went to their show and then I was like, all right, yeah, I forgot. I forgot how like beautiful it looks. I forgot how beautiful it feels. And I think they're so talented in how they can work together. Because like when you watch them, it's like, wow, these girls are in sync. Like that is such talent. And I think they're gonna be a problem for mainstream and, and the rest of the nightlife girls who wanna gatekeep because they're too, too talented. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a fun 2022. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to give you a throwback. Bella Noche. Bella! Oh, well, that's not that much of a throwback, but yeah, I feel like anything that... The pandemic made everything a, a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bella, oh, she's so sweet. She's so funny. She's, again, this is, this is all family. She's all family. Um... I'm really grateful for the people that, you know, opened up their opportunities and platforms to me, especially because, you know, there's not a lot of me's and it's always a chance to be taken. And Bella was always like, let's go, bring, bring them on. Like we did their cocktails, contours and cocktails. Contours and cocktails. We did that one. I think, I think I was like the first male performer she ever had on the show. And that made me feel like, wow, like you really do appreciate what I do. And such a fun spirit. I, I love to be around them and they're fun and they're great. Love them. Next, next up is Mr. Email Kiki. Okay. Um, I've been able to do, I've been able to book them for a couple of my events, but I've known them from them supporting my events and who they are is so beautiful because they're supportive and they appreciate art. And I, I think they're so dope. I'm so happy for them coming into New York city and doing what they're doing. Uh, and I want to see more of them. So Jace Vegas says no more. There it is. Next up, Junior Mint. Junior Met is one of the fiercest performers in New York City, period. The statement, the performances, the branding, I tip my hat, I tip my money, I tip everything to the, to the queen because 
I love what she stands for. I love how she's doing it. Do you have a, a junior mint palette? No, I do not. Sorry. <laughs> what would you ever have a palette? What colors would be in your color palette? Hmm. Red, orange, yellow. A lot of fire colors. Do you have to pay uh, dues to Tina Burner? She owns those colors. Oh, so then never mind. <laughs> Blue, pink, purple, a lot of nighttime stuff. <laughs> All right, finally, I'm sure you got some tea on one of your besties, Robert Garcia. You want to know? All right, where do we start? She doesn't write her own music. Uh, beats are bought online. Not nah, imagine. <laughs> um, Robert Garcia is definitely someone that I look to for inspiration because they're so talented and they're so motivated and dedicated into the things they do. Um, and every year and every it, things have become bigger and grander and it's just so inspiring. Like they have this beautiful makeup line that just launched, Girl Boy Beauty. Um, and you can expect some campaigns and stuff from that coming soon. I think Robert Garcia is the best vocalist in New York City, even if they're not recognized by the Glam Awards, but that's okay. I do believe that Robert Garcia is the best singer in New York City, and I'll say it again. And I feel like we should have more of them in nightlife because they do bring the androgyny and they bring the live performances and the life. I'm here for it. All right, so when you're not performing, you're not creating music. What do you do in your off time? Smoking weed. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I do that when I'm doing that stuff too. So what do I do? Um, literally everything I do is invested into Jace Vegas. So whether or not I'm on stage or hosting a party, I'm still like trying to put together a proposal for a party, trying to put together my outfits for a party, trying to put together music for release um or playing pokemon here for it now do you have a favorite pokemon uh mew i have it tattooed on my chest love it nice yeah. i'm in the process you're gonna you be like fuck you i'm in the process of selling pokemon cards get out of here and we found uh because my mom is trying to sell the house blah 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 we found that we have 17 unopened first edition jungle packs oh my god which are selling for like two to five hundred dollars each on oh my god so yeah and i have like everything but the charizard shadowless like two almost two full sets of shadowless cards get the yeah we're trying to figure out who wants to buy that shit and give us some real money wow the only problem i have with that is it makes me feel old. <laughs> it's like, oh my okay. God, Pokemon cards know, are right? selling now. Like those are oh, a thing yeah. of the past that we have to sell. Mm-hmm. Like, drip. oh no. Crazy. Oh God. All right. You've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? Um, music videos. It's music videos. I will start. It's a, music videos. Because I like to put on like the mixes. You ever go onto YouTube and it's oh, like yeah. artist mix. That's it's it. just when it's just when they put one of the most random terrible songs in the mix and you're like who fucking did this who did this <laughs> who did this that's um, my only issue sometimes with the mixes because i'm like i have to now get up and press next yeah or if yeah no music videos all right if a new video game is coming out i like to watch everything on youtube about the game nice. 
usually Pokemon, but now obviously you don't do drag, but if you had the opportunity to do a snatch game style character, a celebrity impersonation, who are you doing? Hmm. Pikachu. All right. No, I don't know. I, I always think about it. I'm always like, oh, if I was there, I would do this. But actually, I'm, I I suck at impersonations, and I suck at like thinking about. Start with an impersonation of Aja or Honey Davenport. See where that takes you. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> so I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this is a question from Vicky Villaness. Okay. What is your favorite fantasy character? very open-ended so you can go anywhere with that i like a spell caster type of thing i like to be a wizard something with magic right i think that would be it yeah those that would be like mm, yeah because i'm as much as I like to play combat games, I don't see myself picking up a sword and swinging it at somebody. <laughs> well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. And it can okay. be a question about anything you want. Okay. Oh, I don't get to know who the guest is? Nope, you don't get to know. Fudge stickles. Wow, That's that was a part of it. I know, and that was a very specific question. I thought it was for me. Um, no, and that's what's so crazy. Sometimes we get the random questions. I they'll say it to me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is perfect for the next guest." Okay. Um, oh, I don't want to ask them. It can be about anything you want. Uh, damn. If you could have any animal as a pet, what would it be? All right. I'm here for it. That's cute. Yeah. All right. We're here trying to expand the Block Talk community. Who would you like to hear do an interview on Block Talk in the future? Jace Vegas after the um, Gay Agenda 2 comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Robert Garcia. Because I already said the girl's name about a thousand and five <laughs> times. She might as well have done this interview. Um... The Dragon Sisters, and I'm gonna say Jace Vegas again. Fuck out of here. Hey, listen, I literally just launched um, the Block Talk Back, where I'm bringing old guests back on. So okay, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Talk Back. Oh, I like that. Come on, Brandon. I, I ha- come on. We have to have branding out come here. On. That's good. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, websites, and any projects you want to plug? Well, you'll always be able to find me on Instagram if you search Jace Vegas. I just can't tell you which account is going to be because my shit is getting taken down left and right. <laughs> but my music is always up on all streaming platforms. All you got to do is search Jace Vegas. Um, and on YouTube, go to YouTube, subscribe to my channel, watch my music videos. My Venmo is Jace-Vegas. And my website is JaceVegas.com for merchandise. $25 t-shirts, not cameos yet, but $25 t-shirts. Here for it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me.
a huge thanks to Jace for chatting. Subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And make sure you engage with me on social media and tell me who you want to hear on the show. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>